Welcome everyone to Surviving Academia, a podcast about surviving the wild world of the academy, where each week we discuss current events, problems, their potential solutions, and the real-life people currently navigating advanced degrees. This is your didactic trio. I am Zach, a newly minted PhD in sociology, uh, who is having a very difficult time navigating the job market right now. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Kristen. I am writing my dissertation. It is a nightmare. I am Rachel, also a newly minted PhD in theater, and I am postdocing. And um, reminding everyone that New Jersey is better than the rest of the states. Uh, well, let's uh, let's move on because we're gonna get in a big fight about that. But whatever. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, but so for the listeners who don't know us, we're all um, either recent graduates or current um, graduate students at the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri, um, and that's how we know each other. And we decided to get together and commiserate about our academic experiences. Uh, through the uh, form of a podcast because we spend so much time writing. Let's do some time talking, right? Yes, and I don't think that academia is easy for anyone. So I think it's okay for us to start talking about some of the trials, tribulations, and also the survival tips that we have used or want to know from each other about how to navigate this crazy, crazy world. Some people do a stitch and bitch. We do a... sit and talk (laughs) 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 just wait because eventually we will coin a really cute phrase to put there but that can't happen in episode one of course so this week I am interested in how you guys manage and survive writing because right now I can just tell you it has been rough i think people go in the summer with all these like grand plans like i'm just gonna just write this proposal three or four papers beep bop boop those things out and then everybody will be like this is amazing but beep bop boop are the sound my keys make when i type (laughs) exactly exactly so i do i do beep bop boop it's an app that i i I beep bop boop the heck out of well okay i'm glad you guys are doing a lot of beep bop booping i'm not so i am interested in hearing from you guys on how you sort of manage this because i feel like at the end of the semester i was like you know what 16 weeks i need a little breaky poo and then that break turned into what month are we like it's like almost july like what month are we in like how do you guys keep up motivating in terms of writing how do you guys keep up motivation because you guys are on the other side the other side the yeah. defended yeah we got the d you got the PhD. The PhD. you guys definitely have big d's so tell me (laughs) tell me how you guys survive the process what sort of things how did you stay motivated because this just feels on some level it just feels so overwhelming to start no you're right and it's really easy to when you're looking at the big project to be like whoa uh and try my mom always said that you know you try to eat the whole elephant rather than like kind of looking at little pieces and how you can break down a project um, I'd rather eat an elephant right now than work on this <laughs> dissertation. So. Well, we're going to help you get through that. <laughs> I think one of the big things for me with motivation, it was it's always the feeling of writing can happen later, you know? And so how do we get over that idea that writing can happen later and to making writing can happen right now? And um, 
Yeah, there is no really easy kind of solution. I mean, the thing that started to motivate me the most um, was that I got really tired of grad school. You know, and um, when I started to talk with people who were on the other side and who were, you know, either in postdocs or they're in visiting positions or tenure track positions, and they started telling me what they were doing, and I got really envious of that, and that was a motivation for me. Though it's not really an actionable item, but it was starting to explore and talk about what was on the other side, and I felt ready for that. I like your I like your take on, you know, writing can always happen later, and so my, my method, I think I pulled pulled on that thread without intentionally thinking about it in that way but for me getting myself to write is all about putting myself in a productive space mm-hmm. um, and so you know if I stay too long in one space writing too much then you know you'll, you'll eventually take a break you'll check Facebook or you'll watch a watch a YouTube video or something and so for me my most productive writing days were days where I literally hopped to like two different coffee shops and my office and then home because as soon as I was ready to take a break, okay, break meant going to the next space. And so, um, you know, never never being in a space long enough to let it become a space where I slacked mm-hmm. because then the next time I would go there, I would feel more ready to slack um, and more ready to say, oh, other, I could, I could always write later. I just want to do this one thing now. Yeah. So it's, I don't, I don't, I'm a sociologist, not a psychologist. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if there's a term for that or if it's just some weird thing that that works for me but Mm -hmm. that's what I found to be the most um the most sort of motivational thing about writing is just like go to a place go to the place where you're going to write physically and that will help you get there mentally Mm -hmm. yeah and I think for me talking to other people is because I I'm motivated by competition and so seeing what other people were doing made me want to do that you know Mm-hmm. So my question then back to you is what motivates you in general? And then how can you work that into your writing? Oh, that's a good question. Getting personal with Kristen. Um, I'm not a very competitive person with other people. So any sort of like competition that way I don't think would be very good for me. Um, just because I just don't, I, I don't think I would do well with that. I have set like a daily goal of how many words I want to write, but. I don't know. It just, it just has been difficult. I think I get so distracted on like little things, like little tiny things distract me. It's like, you know, I'll rewrite a sentence 18 times. I'll like try to like put a flow on how I think the dissertation is going to go. And then I'm like, well, maybe that paragraph should be talked about down here. Maybe I should move that up there. And so I get almost like out in the weeds on like little tiny things as opposed to like, it's hard I think I get out of the weeds is because I like don't know what I'm writing next so I don't know exactly how like how long are you writing at each time like when you say that you're getting up at 6 a.m. and you're jumping locations which the only thing I could think of when you were saying that is like every murder show tells you not to go to a second location (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm I'm just slaying the PhD that's what I'm doing like murder survival 101 no no you're so right like so she said that I would write at 6 a.m. and that's like what I did to write my dissertation and so I found what worked and I stuck with it and what worked for me was forcing myself to wake up to a 4.30 a.m. alarm and curse the whole world and then get in the shower 
and start my day. And I arrived at 6 a.m. and wrote from 6 to 9, five days a week. Um, and so more if I could. are you writing the whole time? Are you, what are, when you say that you're writing, like, what are you doing? So I would give myself different tasks because it can be really overwhelming. And can when you start talking about the next thing, it makes you not so motivated and productive on the thing you're working on. That's what I found. So I would establish every day the first thing I would do with my – I had an accountability buddy who was my kind of like partner in crime while writing. And we would help each other be accountable with goals. So we would start by like communicating what we were going to do. We'd have check-ins throughout our three hours. And at the end, we would always talk about what we were going to do next. And so it allowed us to have like a, this is what I'm doing and this is uh, what I'm going to do next. But we were able to verbalize them. For me, I've, I've, always, I've known, and I've really learned this in the last couple of years, that uh, verbalizing what I'm working on and verbalizing to work through problems or things like that, that has already help, always helped me. And so that was a huge huge change in my writing productivity and also using the pomodoro technique um which there's a couple of apps there's a tomato timer which is on app you can get off of like apple itunes this is not a sponsorship um <laughs> and i use folk i used a focus keeper because that was my favorite and it just allows you to you know have you work for 25 minutes on you uh, break for five minutes but in that 25 minutes you can only work on your task and then five minutes, you can do whatever you want. But you can do, like, anything for 25 minutes. I think that's the key. And I've, I've looked at, like, what makes other writers really successful. And I think consistent. Like, you cannot wait to write to when, like, the motivation strikes because it literally mm -hmm. will never strike. Well, so, so my, my advisor, you know, told me that she writes at a certain time every day. Like, at a certain point, you figure out what time of day you're really most productive. And you always have to block that off for writing right yeah right and and for me that was me. like late morning so i would not have been able to do six to nine but i did 10 to 12 and i found that to be my mo most productive time of day well it's funny you say what f works for you because there's a lot of the research on like habits and habit forming and habit keeping i always think of gretchen rubin's book better than before which is her book on habits and forming habits and part of it is learning who you are naturally and making your habits work for you there so, like, do you wake up in the morning early? Do you like to work at night? Um, are you self-motivated versus, you know, you have to have some kind of outside motivation? Or just setting a schedule or anything just, like, make you completely rebel? And um, so learning about yourself and how you form those habits is always really, really good. Because, hey, if working at 6 a.m. didn't work for you, Zach, but working at 10 a.m. did, that's something important to know. The only thing I'm working on at 6 a.m. is some Z's. <laughs> but now, post-PhD, I think as I start working on some new projects, I, I think I'm going to be struggling a little bit working with a new schedule. You know, I have a very different schedule now um, as a postdoc than I did as a graduate student. Um, it's a different environment, and I'm going to have to reform some of those habits that fit into my schedule. So did you guys write every single day? Yes. Yes. No matter that's what? important. And once you get yep. past like oh, this, no. the first week or two, then the habit sort of is ingrained and it's a lot easier to, you're not, you don't feel like you're forcing yourself as much. It's just a regular pattern. It's just as regular as getting up and, and eating the same thing for breakfast day in and day out. And when you skip it, you feel it. Yeah. You know, you feel that you haven't written that day. And I didn't ever expect that. Like I, 
I am really religious about the amount of water I drink every day. That is a habit of mine that I've really cultivated and really formed, which is why the listeners can't see this. But I have a giant cup next to me. She drinks heavily. I drink. (laughs) 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 Um, But when it got to be kind of like when I don't drink water, I can feel it. Right, exactly. And when I wasn't writing, if if I missed a day, I could feel it. And it started to make me feel really bad. And so it was really about just forming that habit and that reliable repetition. Okay, good. So I'm coming to grips with that. I feel like I've kind of decided. At, uh, previously, I've been writing three times a week at like a set time. But the problem is, I think, because the rest of the week I'm like kind of sleeping in a little bit and I'm doing all these other things. I think that. And I do still feel guilty, um, which we can kind of talk a little bit more about that. But. I am going to start setting like a, a particular time in the morning to like get up and I want to go on a walk first and then write. Um, because I've noticed that the days that I, even though I'm not writing some of the days, I still feel guilty and I'm going to kind of like, once I do that writing, I think I'm going to give myself permission to just not think about it the rest. I mean, it's going to creep in, of course, but I'm just going to really truly like give myself permission to, to not think about it constantly after I've done that writing. I think uh, you're that's gonna, a great you're thing. gonna you're gonna do it anyway, but you don't yeah. you don't have to feel compelled to do it. Well, you don't have to have that guilt. Yeah. That's that what I'm talking. It's the guilt. So is thinking what I'm about talking it about. afterwards, after you've completed the task for the day, is a different kind of feeling than the guilt of I didn't do this exactly. Mm-hmm. And I like what you're saying about the walks because what I have done is now instead of I've replaced my 6 a.m. writing with a 6 a.m. walk every morning, and it's like. It's been great. I still love getting up early. Um, I love, you know, connecting with nature and petting cute dogs along the way. That's my favorite. Dogs are awake at 6 a.m.? Dogs are totally awake at 6 a.m. They wake up whenever you... Well, you have a dog. We don't. (laughs) I know. Hey, there's your accountability buddy. Like... I will not. I will not take Leo out until I've written five hundred words for and the day. And then you pissed. have to write because he will. He will. Okay. Be very upset. You guys <laughs> have not ever tried to deny a lab his food. <laughs> Are you kidding? Like that will not work. So you better get up early enough and write. I could get up before yeah. before he does. No, he would. He would. Not. If I get up, he's like, he's expecting breakfast right away. That's not a dog who misses a meal. <laughs> He's a man after my heart. <laughs> so um, one of one of the things we were going to talk about is, um, you know, it's so easy to get off track and to, you know, I, I talked about like how easy it is to be distracted, um, especially, you know, once your mind starts to, uh, once you've sort of hit your stamina limit for, for writing. Uh, what have you done instead of writing? What have you done to distract yourself? I've watched um, so Parks and Rec probably seven times through. <laughs> the whole series. Oh, my yes. And we started it again this morning. Oh, my God. I am the world's <laughs> best procrastinator. Mm, if yeah. I have something that I'm supposed to be doing, everything in my house will be spotless clean. If mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be writing something, all the dishes are done, my sock drawer's organized. I, And I think I realize like why I do that because it's not – exactly uh that i love cleaning i kind of do i'm kind of a neat freak but um i think it's like that instant gratification so i think i've noticed that now so when i use focus keeper on the 25 minutes of writing the five minutes i'll get up and i'll 
go do the dishes and then come back and sit down because it makes me feel like I've accomplished Doing something. Doing dishes, what a reward. I know. Grad school just <laughs> ruined your life. I never enjoyed doing dishes before until I got to grad school because I'd be like, yes, I don't have to do grad school for a second because I can wash these yes. pots. Let, let that be a warning, kids. Grad school <laughs> is so boring, it makes washing dishes seem exciting. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's like in the afternoon, it's like, I could go get the mail. <laughs> oh, my favorite is like, I could go home or I could go grocery shopping. <laughs> Or I uh, could file these papers. Well, I'll I'll tell you what for me, like like going out and and eating out, like sometimes it's oh, fast yeah. food or sometimes it's a sandwich from the grocery store. Like I will not be hungry, but it'll be like close to meal time, and so I'll be like, okay, I can take a break and go eat. Mm-hmm. Which you know, yeah, that's that's not super healthy. It's probably it would be better if I was a procrasti cleaner, um, but well, like procrasti eat too. Yeah, procrasti. I have I'm a, a friend who is eater. a procrastor baker. Oh where man, she will just bake instead of work. And and I'm sure there's people out there we don't need to talk about it that are procrastibaters. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, they just love going fishing. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baiting yeah. those hooks. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> we went there. Yeah. What other like distraction stuff like uh, what are some things that you've used to like limit distraction? I know for a while I have put my phone on do not disturb like in the morning Mm -hmm. and I have found that this like super irritates everyone. So I'm usually a person who like messages people back quickly. And so I find when I put on my phone on do not disturb, I like will look at it later in the day and be like, meh. And then I just don't email people back. Yeah, Kristen, I've noticed. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, it's like really like made like people really upset. But that's one thing that like this connection to my phone has been difficult to manage. Like I need to put this phone in a different room. I need to not be able to see it because if I see my phone, then I'm like, ooh, email, ooh, Facebook, ooh, Pinterest, ooh, app I've never used before, <laughs> ooh, whatever. So. Yeah, the phone is a master of distraction. Yeah. Like all of the apps just pop up with notifications. Mm-hmm. It's like I gotta update this phone right now. I know. I need to stop writing. Like, oh, you mean this. Apple just came up with a new update? I must stop writing. <laughs> I'm at risk. <laughs> For me, one of my things was that people were my distractions, so I had to really learn to communicate to people about giving me the time and space that I needed. Um, I had to have, like, me and my fiancé were really, really communicative. And um, we really are so unbelievably supportive of our, of our careers and such. And I had the, the feeling of, like, I need to give him time. I need to do this. I need to do that. Um, I love making breakfast in the morning. So, like, giving up that was kind of tough for me because it's one thing I love to cook for people. Um, but having that conversation of, like, I I cannot give that time to you until this is over. But it was a, it was just a conversation, and it was kind of a a I don't I don't think he cared as much as I cared. You know, like he was like, whatever you need, you're the one that's dissertation dissertating. For me, it was like I almost had to like clear my conscience of like this is what I need to let you know what I'm what you what you can expect from me, so I can communicate it so that I feel better. And, like, if you have, like, people blowing up your phone all the time, maybe that's what you could kind of say. It's like, you know, this is my priority for the next 6 to 8 to 12 months. And, like, you're going to have to understand. And people will because they love you and they care about you. Yeah. 
I was for for about half of the time I was dissertating, I was was dating someone who was a fellow PhD student, and so we would actually go on work dates. Oh, so, so precious. Yeah. Work dates. Yeah, yeah. And it's like coffee and writing. We both we both have to like she was she was doing her comps, which in her discipline was not like a, a day or weekend test, but a semester long process. And I was uh, writing the first draft of my dissertation, so you know we would go. Like oh let's go get dinner and write together, That's you so know if cute. you're yeah if you're dating another academic it can be a very romantic activity. Mm-hmm. But um, I I also appreciate you know I, I I'm glad that your partner gave you the space uh, Rachel to 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 do the work that you needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some someday uh, when I have tenure or have a real job or something I will I will also get to have my evenings free where I'm not you know doing all this extra work. <laughs> maybe maybe be able to hold down a relationship yeah um at, at that time so so uh one of the things uh that i wanted to talk about um was sort of different um sort of the environment that you write in so writing um like what's your what position do you write in do you write at a desk do you have to like recline <laughs> on a couch from time to time what what is position is the most conducive? I like. What's, what's, what's your, what's your the favorite position, position, Kristen? To get the D? <laughs> um, okay, so I'm a pretty. I have to be sitting at a desk for the most part. I have. I can't be really sitting. I don't really do well sitting on on like the couch or whatever, just writing. I typically have to listen to something, but nothing with music that I could sing along with. So. Uh, I'll listen to like classical music or like bird chirp. I'm like an old lady. I listen. To no, bird I, I get it. You need you need some sort of ambient noise, but oh, not something that. that's distracting. Yeah, and so I um, yeah, I gotta be white noise desk. machine. Oh, I listen to thunderstorms. <gasps> oh, yeah. It's amazing, especially when there's a real thunderstorm. Rainymood.com. Like, Rainymood. Not an endorsement. Not an endorsement. <laughs> but it is an endorsement. It's so great. Check not a sponsor, it. but. But we love them. <laughs> yeah, that's no. that's one of my favorite. Uh, that's one of my favorite websites too. Who works? Who works just on their laptop, or do you have like an external keyboard and mouse, or it's just the laptop? Just you the laptop. Have, you I would have an have external all monitor, external and keyboard, and mouse. It is like a twenty-seven inch screen. It's and amazing. you take that to the coffee shop with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really hate me there. That's like tech support. So he's yeah. like my tech support constantly. Yeah, this is my podcasting rig, and and, and uh, I'm gonna do all the editing, I'm sure. But um, Zach's yeah. gonna zack it out. Yeah, zack I'm gonna it. zack it out. Zack it out. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So one of the other things that I like going off of that idea of like, um, finding what works for you and finding your space. I think it's also you need to find the confidence in yourself that you can do it. Um, I know for me, when I'm writing, I constantly question what I'm writing. And you kind of touched on this a little bit in the beginning, Kristen. And that's totally normal. I think it is. I mean, the idea of, like, I will question as I write. And I kind of had to get over that. And I'm still not all the way there. But um, like the idea that... you question when you write, are you erasing something? No. Well, I used to. I'm really... Okay. I tried to now just, you know, keep going. Because it's really easy to question... Am I conducting this research correctly? Am I, because for me, using, you know, 
I would always say, well, did I code this correctly? Mm-hmm. I'm like, am, am I actually identifying the themes that are there? Am I, you know, being seeing my own bias in my research? And so I would constantly be questioning myself, I think probably in a good way, in a, re- a way that a researcher should question. But when you're in the thick of it, I was thinking like, oh, crap, this is going to be bad. Well, yeah. And how many how many revisions did you have to do? Like, like every time you send it to your advisor and then yeah. they send you feedback and tell you it's not ready, like that, that's just a sap of confidence right there. I mean, I, I had to, my first chapter, I probably did six or seven drafts mm-hmm. before she's like, okay, now you can write the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first two chapters went through quite a few revisions. They were, um, but once I got into the body chapters, uh, they were much, I think I did, I sent my advisor a draft uh, she sent it back and said, make these changes and it's good to go, you know. Um, and then after after the defense, I did a, a you know, a revision of everything. But it wasn't too intense. Mm-hmm. It, it was really just like, go deeper here or can you explain what you mean here? Or this would be a great place to add this citation that I p- apparently didn't read when I read the entire plethora of research in the world. Because um, you always miss something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so There's always more. It, the confidence is there, but at the same time, and that imposter syndrome of questioning, is it going to be good enough? Am I good enough? Are people going to want to read this? When the reality is, maybe some will, maybe some won't, but it doesn't mean that the research is less, any less valid or valuable. Yeah, and I, I think I had a, um, a sort of different angle on, on a similar problem where um, my topic was very, very interesting to a lot of people, and my worry was, well, is this academically rigorous? Is, is it just going to be that like my friends and family who are interested in my topic are going to be the ones reading? Or am I going to produce something that's actually going to contribute to the, you know, the academic knowledge base in a way that justifies me getting a PhD for it? Mm-hmm. The thing that I think to remind you is just, you know, keep going. Keep beep bop booping. Keep beep bop booping. Because if you stop the beep bop booping, you're not going to finish. But if you keep up beep bop booping, like you have a community of people with an advisor and a committee and peers, you are all going to be able to be there to check you before you wreck yourself. Yeah, and don't. (laughs) (laughs) I totally messed up. (laughs) Check yourself before you wreck yourself. You can edit that out. Yeah, and don't, don't forget that it's okay to write crap. It's just, it's, it's okay to write shitty stuff because you can you can delete paragraphs on a mm-hmm, computer yeah. but the 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 worst the worst sin is to not be writing right right yes because we should always be writing all of us yeah always always be writing um but you know it's 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 hard to get up the motivation sometimes and and hopefully you know whoever's listening to this got some ideas of what they can do for themselves right? yeah i think the wrap-up is that you need to really know yourself enough to try to figure out exactly what works for you, what times mm-hmm. work for you, and the fact that you have to do it consistently. Yeah. And I think that it, up until this point, that's been kind of difficult because I'm not really sure up until this, up until the writing point, like if you've, we've been doing anything consistently in graduate school, it just kind of mm-hmm. feels like there's all these, um, you know, different expectations and so much going on that, you know, everything feels more immediate. So that's been really... Uh, difficult to do because I know within our department the expectation is that we're teaching Um, and so when you're trying to teach a class and you're thinking like oh my god you have all these eyes I mean twice or three times a week there's a bunch of people um, 
who are going to be staring at me. I don't want to be an idiot in front of them completely. So that always feels more immediate. And it's hard to... I read a book once that I was... that I, I wish I would remember the reference, but it had talked about really we need to think of writing as our number one job as opposed to teaching. And I think when you get... And it's worse when you like teaching. I deeply like my oh, students. Oh, I love teaching. I love mm-hmm. teaching. And so that feels like a much more like rewarding thing than writing, which it feels like I just sit there and I'm like, beep, bop, boop, delete, 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 beep, bop, boop, delete. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like, you know, it, it just takes a long time. And luckily I have a supportive advisor who just always reminds me that mm-hmm. good sentences take time. Right. And I think it's important for, you know, people who are – early on or who are towards the end it's as long as you're still producing writing for for you know your graduate experience for the d um the phd (laughs) and um is that you are smart and you are a good writer like almost without exception because you had to write a letter a letter of intent to get in and so somebody recognized that you had something articulate to say Mm -hmm. in the first place you had to take classes and turn in papers mm-hmm. that were graded by by PhDs with with experience in their field who recognized that you were you were you were good at this good enough to keep going, and mm-hmm. so you continue to be good enough to keep going, and you should take that to heart that you know your your sort of worst harshest judge is going to be yourself, and and the voices that you hear of other other imagined critics that you that your your own mind makes. Wait, your advisor's imaginary? No, no, you, you. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. My, mine is. <laughs> do you How do you any, think I got out in six do years? <laughs> do you guys have any mantras that you think about when you write? Be better than Kristen. Oh, <laughs> you already Sorry, are. Sorry, no, no, that's terrible. Oh, mantras. I don't have a mantra. Um, I feel like I did. Oh, do it, doing it. Just doing, doing it. it. Just do it. Yeah, you can always. Doing it. Yeah. I used to you just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Like your little Dory. Just keep swimming. Oh. oh. Yeah. Everybody imagine that they're Dory. Just keep swimming. 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 <laughs> and I can't wait to think back and re- uh, listen to this episode for the advice that Zach and I have given when Zach and I are like, help, because this never ends. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it again in a decade when we're both like approaching tenure and like, how did we? What, what, what have you? We, what what have you do? been doing what? for writing since the PhD? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or or we're in some other field, you know? Who yeah. knows? Who knows where we'll end up? Who knows? It just so. it does seem like when I've asked other academics like what they're doing, it's consistency is the key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of one of the things uh, that we want to do on the show every week is a self care segment. Um, so we've talked a lot, uh, talked negatively about uh, the the trials and tribulations of writing, um, and we will get to that that segment in a moment. But first, we have to thank our sponsors for the week. So uh, first, our our show this week is brought to you by EBSCOhost. Um, EBSCOhost wants to let you know that if you want to search tens of thousands of academic and magazine and journalistic sources but still not find anything useful try ebscohost <laughs> ebscohost search everything find nothing track changes mode because you have so much more wrong than you thought you did <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a good one. 
Um, my episode this week is going to be brought to you by wine because I have learned that there is a variety for every feeling of anxiety and depression and feeling of imposter syndrome that you could possibly have throughout your graduate career. Hey, if this doesn't work out, let's make a wine called imposter syndrome. (laughs) And it'd be really like a beer or something. We just put it in a wine We could could age it in bourbon barrels, but have it be wine. Wait, I'm it pretty won't sure know this what is wine. it is, and then it yeah. can do one. <laughs> I was supposed to be wine once. We could just we could just sneak it in other six packs, like just a random little serve, serve it in. Oh God, serve it in like beer six packs. Yeah, oh. just sneak it in other already established six packs. So. But the, but the key is it has to be really good wine, because the whole imposter syndrome is that you can do it. You just feel like shit while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't That's think, our you don't tag think, line. Yeah. You feel like shit while you're doing it. <laughs> All right. So for each week of our show, we are going to do some sort of self-care because you kind of get... Academicing is hard. Yeah. It's... Okay. So each week we are going to do some sort of self-care so that you can, you know, find ways to relax and kind of make it through and survive academia. So this week I am in charge. Aren't you guys lucky? Oh, we're so I lucky. found... I went to... Um, where all good things happen today, I went to Target, and I only spent not that much. I'm so proud of myself. But anyway. <clears throat> what a Midwesterner. Yeah. Oh, this didn't cost anything. Barely. so cheap. Practically giving this away, Zachary. <laughs> so this week, I found these great Biore masks. Zach, when's the last time you freed your pores? Never. <laughs> I, I literally. hate my pores. I keep them locked up. <laughs> Well, aren't you lucky? Because this has uh, charcoal in it. I love charcoal. I didn't know charcoal would unlock the prison I've been keeping my pores in. <laughs> it does. It's also good for grilling. It's not just for grills. It's for your face now. Also, it says on the box, it's the Best of Beauty um, Award winner by Allure. But that was in 2015. So... Oh, I really would prefer the 2018. Nope, nope. We are on a budget. This is graduate (laughs) school, so I'm going to need everyone to wet their faces right now. Okay. Um, Step one, it says wet face and leave face wet. And luckily for this segment, we have uh, pre-wetted towels (laughs) at our our seats. (laughs) So wipe off. Okay. I know this is going to be hard to believe, but I'm not wearing makeup. Okay, so once your (laughs) face is wet, you need to apply this mask. So we tear open the package? Yep. Tearing open the package. Great. Now my hands are wet. Oh, great. I tear open the package. Okay. Tearing package. Self-heating. Ooh. Self-heating. Okay. One minute happening. So we squeeze it out into our hands. So you like finger paint your face. Oh, it's like, it's hot right away. No, it's not. Yes, it is. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) This is warm. Whoa, that is weird. Oh, this is warm. That is very warm. Zach has oh my! Two little rings on his face. Like, <laughs> He's like a I, just wanna, I just want to say with this self care segment, this is we're try, we try out 
things that other people do for self-care that we ne- haven't necessarily done ourselves. Yeah. So, so this is something I wouldn't necessarily do, um, but it is a interesting experience. I'll oh say my. that. And a very warm one. Am I supposed to get it on my lips? I just and, did, I think. <laughs> no, it's like really hot. Like, I'm... Okay. When you start to massage it you in... You know, I have, I have a beard... I can't cover as much of my face as the rest of you, so I have, like, all this leftover goop. <laughs> you but... didn't do your nose. Oh, my There's... nose. I forgot the, my nose. The pores on your it's nose. It's good. My nose is cold. Wait, so, so do I we want to... Uh... Should we put, like, a minute on the clock? Uh, minute on the clock. All right. Started. Well, it's probably been a minute already. How did you... You look beautiful. Is there, like, a big spot where I'm, like, missing? I'm not gonna lie. I freed my forest like three times in the last three days. Not with Biore. <laughs> not with Biore, but this is, so it's you're preparing for dog ownership by by tending and, and letting out your pores yes. <laughs> on a regular basis. Yes. So is this? I I do do masks. I try to do a mask like once a week. It does feel kind of luxurious to me i'm not really sure how this heating situation is gonna work but it does i do like it because it does make you focus especially ones that are longer it does make Mm -hmm. you kind of sit down for a few minutes and actually stop so um so we're only supposed to wait one minute yeah but a lot of masks are gonna be longer than that like the one i do is you know you leave it on for 20 minutes so in that 20 minutes i like do something that i want to do okay like i will read a book or Sometimes I'll... I can't move. How I like can't move my face with like the mask Simon. So I'm I don't always have like... to move my face so, to read a book. So yeah, like just move my eyes. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't rub it in your eyes. <laughs> oh <laughs> shit! Oh crap! Reading my osmosis. Zach's mask looks like. That came War- pretty good. He for... looks like war paint, though. <laughs> I also well, was give me a break. Is it first my first time? We also didn't use mirrors, so we yeah, look a yeah. bit like fools. Well, it's definitely been well over a okay. minute, so let's okay. release. Ooh, how do you? Oh, oh it's warm God. still. No, I got it in my mouth. Yeah, it's still warm. <sighs> Aren't you guys so excited that you put me in charge of this? Oh, so excited. <laughs> So excited. <laughs> I can't tell. Did I get it off? Yeah, yours looks good. What about? You're not looking at me. I am too looking at you. Did I get it off? Yeah, I think. Did, did I, I get did I get all of mine? Yeah. Oh, you got a little bit right by <laughs> your nose. You got a raccoon situation. <laughs> me? No. Oh. Zach. I think we broke him. <laughs> I think all of his pores are like, well, am I poreless? No, you still have pores. They're just oh. they're just free to do their own thing now. <laughs> they're going to Vegas. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. So how do we how do we feel about that experience? That is a very short mask. I don't I don't know that that makes me feel like I'm more ready to write, but I do. My face does feel very cool Wait, and very like fresh. Put your put, oh. put your fan your face. Fan in my it. face. Oh, it's cold. Like very cold. <sighs> oh my! Yeah. Yeah, it's everything's free. Smooth. I mean, so I don't like know if I... you would necessarily do this exactly right before you write, but as like a nice treat at the end of the day, so you're not, you know, mm-hmm. snacking on something bad. Like this could be a, a good thing. Can well, I... and it's short, so like you're not leaving yourself to like be like, oh, I'm so tired, so I'm gonna do a 25 minute mud mask. Like I'm so tired, so while I'm brushing my teeth, I'm gonna free my pores. Yeah, Zach. All right. Well, I give it a. Uh... 
I give it a five out of five, two thumbs up. You'd do it again? I would do it again for the <laughs> 10 podcast. 10 out of 10 <laughs> would do again. Um, what do I give it? You know, I am a bit of a mask aficionado. Um, sometimes make my own. I was on a Target budget. I'm not knocking it, okay, but okay. I am going to give it a three out of five, only because I feel like the one-minute mask felt really rushed to me, and I'm not sure how relaxing it would be for me. However, Kristen, you're glowing. Like, poreless or, <laughs> like, in a good way? Your like... pores have been burned off. <laughs> glowing. That's what I, I personally, for these self-care segments, my goal is to look more attractive than you two. <laughs> so I have, I feel like 10 out of 10. If I look better than you <laughs> 10. I feel good. I love it. Well, no. this was fun. Yes. All right. So there we have it. That's our self-care segment. <laughs> well that's our show for the week so thank you uh everybody for listening in um and until next time you should be writing but thank you for listening yeah and keep on surviving <laughs>